So lift up your hands all across the building. We need God to move. Hallelujah. We need revival in our area. We need revival in our families. We need revival in our nation. We need revival. Somebody pray right now. Hallelujah. Oh, let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise all across the building. Hallelujah. Somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, come on. That feels good. Somebody shout unto God. Somebody dance for just a moment. Come on. Do you feel the Holy Ghost in the building? Do you feel the life changing? Come on. Eternal life changing power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody praise Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, it feels so good to be in the house of the Lord. Anybody excited to be in church here today? If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn over to the book of Matthew chapter 9. But as you're turning there, uh, we're, going to, we're going to say another prayer for Brother Lawrence. And his wife's going in for surgery, I believe, on Wednesday. And he asked for the church to pray for his wife he said that this surgery could, she's not very mobile right now, but this surgery could allow her to go out and do the things she used to love and do. So why don't we just, where you're at, just pray right now all across the building that God would touch uh, Brother Lawrence's wife. God, we love you. We thank you. We know that you're a healer. We know that you're a way maker. You're a deliverer, God. You said that by your stripes we are healed. With your stripes we are healed, God. And we're praying right now that you would guide the hand of the surgeon, that they would be able to do their job, God, that you have gifted them to do, Lord. And we're praying that you would give her a fast recovery, God. Amen. That there would be miracles in that operating room in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. I also want to say it's so good to have Brother and Sister Brizuela from Ventura, California. This is Brother Mark's mom and dad. Amen. Got a chance to, to meet with them, and, man, she can make tacos, and hallelujah. But it's so good to have them. You know, their pastor, Brother Sam Howard, wonderful preacher of the gospel, has nothing but good things to say about them. And you can tell by the son they raised, they're good people. So it's uh, hallelujah. But I want to say one more thing. To those two right there, and that's happy birthday. Brother Mark was born on his mom's birthday, and that's today. Happy birthday. What, what a gift he gave you pain from the very beginning. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 20. The Bible says this, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may be, but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Skipping down to Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 35. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 35. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him 
that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. And I want to preach for a few moments. I've been feeling this all week long. God's been putting in my spirit. I want to preach on this subject, barrier breakers. Barrier breakers. Would you set your Bibles down and let's lift up our hands and let's pray all across the building. Oh, come on. The Holy Ghost is already doing a work, but God's about to do a work in every life, in every family, in every home, in this church. God's going to do a wonderful work, and we're going to praise him for it. We're going to glorify him. Hallelujah. Somebody worship God. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell him it's good to see you in the house of God. And you can be seated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's not forget that tomorrow is Memorial Day. I know a lot of people think of that as fishing and boating and all of that good stuff. We love all of that. Uh, but let's not forget the reason. Many have given their lives and sacrificed. We celebrated a lot of our heroes last week. But make sure you thank somebody that that has served. But also remember those that have served and gave all. Amen. Barrier Breakers. Roger Bannister was born on March 23, 1929 in Harrow, England. He began school in a suburb of London where he showed an early talent for running. At the outbreak of World War II, the family moved to the historic Bath, England, where Roger had daily opportunities to practice his running on the way to and from school. His exceptional speed on the running track soon won him the acceptance that he sought, and his scholastic efforts paid off with a scholarship to Oxford University. It was there at Oxford that Roger's speed in the mile and the 1,500-meter events drew attention from the British sports press. By 1951, he had, Roger had captured the British title in the mile and felt ready for Olympic competition. Unfortunately, a last-minute change in the schedule of events at the 1952 games in Helsinki forced Roger to compete without resting between the events as he was used to doing. He finished, the four, he finished fourth in the 1500 meter run and endured the scorn and the hatred of the, the British sports media who blamed Roger for losing. Roger resolved to redeem himself by breaking the world's record for the mile the seemingly insurmountable four-minute barrier. Before 1954, the common belief was that man was physically not capable of breaking that four-minute barrier, that he could not physically run a mile in less than four minutes. That was the belief, and the reason that was the belief is because it had never been done. Roger's opportunity came on May 6, 1954, in a meet at Oxford. He arranged for his best friends to set the pace for the first lap so that he could complete the first three-quarter mile laps in less than three minutes. And then he ran all by himself, finishing the last lap in less than a minute. Roger broke the tape and collapsed as the announcer delivered his time to a cheering crowd. Three minutes, 59 seconds, and four milliseconds. 
The unbreakable record had been broken. At age 25, Roger Bannister had made history. Since that time, tens of thousands of people have done it, including high school students. The only thing that has changed is that they know that it has been done before. And because they know that it has been done before, there is now a new belief about what once was a barrier. The goal that was previously unreachable is now become reachable. October 14th, 1947, Chuck Yeager stumbled out onto the airfield. And he did that because the night before, he'd been riding some horses and got into a little scuffle and broke two of his ribs. But he could not allow himself to stop because he had a job to test out airplanes. And now he was given the opportunity to test out the fastest airplane in the world. They had told him that their attempt was to break the sound barrier, something that had never been done before. And Chuck was not about to let this opportunity pass him by. And so he snuck right past his superiors, holding on to his ribs, not explaining that he was in pain. And he got into the cockpit. And as he was going, he began to feel the G-forces pressing against him, and the pain in his body became insurmountable, and yet he pressed on until finally there was an explosion. He had broken past the sound barrier, and now he was no longer going through turbulence, but there was now a great calm. He had now broken the sound barrier. I want to tell somebody today that there are barriers in life. There are barriers in our existence, and everything in that barrier tells us that there is no way this is as far as you can go, this is as high as you can go, this is the most you can become, this is, this is just the limit, your limit is the sky, but there's somebody that right now needs to get that mentality that says, I will build something that will get me beyond my barrier. Amen. In our text today, we find that there is a woman with the issue of blood. Let me talk about that issue of blood for a moment. It was a barrier. That barrier, according to the Old Testament, says that if a woman had an issue of blood, if there was a flow that could not be stopped, that she was unclean, just like a leper. She could not be touched. She could not approach anybody or touch anybody else for fear that her condition would make everybody else unclean. Can I preach to somebody that feels they're too busted and too broken and that their condition makes everybody else worse? Amen. There's a barrier in your life and she's not to herself she knows that according to the Old Testament I am to be off by myself I'm supposed to be alone I cannot be around anybody let alone touch anybody this woman had an issue of blood she could not stop bleeding she could not stop flowing things would not stop hurting and there would not stop any pain in her world and the Bible says she went and she spent all that she had Anybody ever felt like that? And the Bible says after spending all, she only got worse. You spend all, you do all, you attempt all, you give everything you got, and yet uh, your condition does not get better. It, in fact, gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, there is a degrading in your condition. Uh, amen. I want to tell somebody there's something known as the human condition. 
It is something that has made us unclean. It's called sin. And mankind has not gotten any better. In fact, we've gotten worse and worse and worse. We've only gotten sicker and sicker and sicker. We can try to medicate our way. We can try to get any physician, any psychologist, any pill, any patch, any drug. We can do everything we can, and yet it only makes us worse. And then she hears about Jesus. Thank God for the day that you heard about Jesus. I thank God for the day somebody told me about somebody that could change me. I'm thankful that one day somebody told me there was a God that could heal me, there was a God that could forgive me, and that there was a God that loved me. Lift up your hands and worship the Lord. about Jesus and made it up in her mind I've tried everything else hallelujah let me help somebody that's been there done that and got the t-shirt you tried everything else and it's only made you worse you ought to try Jesus I said you ought to try Jesus you ought to try this Holy Ghost experience you ought to try being baptized in Jesus name and having all your sins washed away well I've tried religion you ain't tried this well I've tried appeal you haven't tried this when you try Jesus everything changed but there she sees Jesus and gets close to him because it's not enough to hear about Jesus. you got to get as close as possible. And there was a crowd in her way. The Bible says they thronged him. Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house. Amen. The, 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 the father of a 12-year-old girl that is sick and is on her deathbed. Can I help somebody? The Bible says that this woman with the issue of blood has been suffering for 12 years. And there's a 12-year-old girl that Jesus is on his way to heal. And I know that's how some people think. Well, uh, go ahead and touch that person that just started struggling, Jesus, because I'm used to handling this all by myself. I've been dealing with this longer than those people have been alive. I've been struggling with this all by myself longer than anybody else around that you're trying to touch. So you go ahead and you go touch that 12-year-old girl, and I'll stay here another 13, 14, 15, 16 years if I got to. You go ahead and help everybody else but not me that's how some people think and they let they let everything pass them by every opportunity in church every altar call they let it pass them by they let they, they know that that's their answer instead of going to the house of God they just stay and they drink on another bottle even though they know going back to God is the right answer they'll just pop another pill just try to medicate their way through it but I want to let you know there comes a moment where you got to say no this is my time And she sees a crowd, and they are blocking, and they are stopping, and there's many people that would quit right there. There's too much obstacle. There's too many things in my way. There's too many reasons why I shouldn't. There's too many reasons why I can't and why I couldn't. And they stop right there. But the Bible doesn't say that about this woman because this woman was desperate. This woman had been suffering, and there's something about pain that will drive you to do anything. You know what? There's people that do anything to get rid of their pain. And this woman realized, I've tried everything else to get rid of my pain, and it hasn't worked. And if I was willing to go to every extent, spend all my money, 
spend all my time, spend all my energy. I can take one moment in the presence of Jesus and give it a little more. Come on, there's some folks, uh, you've given a lot, you've given a lot, but it's time to give it a little bit more. Everybody stops at the crowd. Everybody stops at the barrier. But there's got to be somebody that says, I will go another level. I will go further. I will press harder. Oh, somebody praise him. Oh, come on, let's worship him all across the building. Come on, let's praise him. Lift up your voice and worship the Lord. I didn't come pre to preach long here today. I came to help somebody. You can't allow the crowd to stop you. You can't allow others' opinions to stop you. you got to press. She saw the crowd. And how many people probably saw the crowd and realized I can't get through that? Let me just tell somebody, help somebody for a moment. Well, I would get to Jesus, but there's too many people around him I don't like. I like Jesus, but I don't like the church. You're going to have to press through people if you want to be healed. You're going to have to press through offense if you want to be healed. You're going to have to press through bitterness. If you really want to get healed, your healing's got to be more important than how you feel. Oh, that's good preaching. That's good preaching. You got to push through people. You got to push through opinions. You got to push through personalities. You're going to have to crawl sometimes. And she made it up in her mind, I don't care, because how many people have been stopped by the crowd? They've been stopped by the crowd, but those people never got healed. Those people that were stopped by the crowd, they never got their chance to be delivered. Those people that got stopped by the barrier were the ones that went home just as bad as they were and got worse and worse and worse. But this woman was not looking to get worse. She wanted to get better. And there's something about people that want to get better. Nothing will hinder them. Let me help somebody. If you, well, I want to get free. I want to get delivered. If you really want it, there will be nothing to hinder you. Well, I, I really want it, but I, I got to smoke this last pack. And I, I just have one more bottle in the fridge. If you really want to get delivered, there will be no barrier that can block you. There will be no barrier that can stop you. You will bust everything. she realized there's a crowd that is blocking my answer there are people that are blocking my answer well you don't know my family they just they don't know a whole lot about God and they don't know a whole lot about Jesus and they're they're saying you really shouldn't go to that church and and you know what I wouldn't listen to people that don't have my best interest at heart let me help somebody when I first came into an apostolic church depressed and suicidal my parents said be careful you might be in a cult they didn't care when I was going to the parties. They didn't really care when I was failing in school. But the minute I made it up in my mind, I got to get to Jesus, they all of a sudden put a brick wall up and said, hold on. But honey, if you want to be saved, you got to kick that wall down. Come on. If you want to go to heaven, you might have to bust through some people. You might have to, you might have to break through that relationship. You might... Oh, somebody worship him. Somebody praise him. You can't let other people stop you from being saved. Jesus, I would have gone to heaven, but my uncle. Don't let your lost uncle 
keep you from getting to Jesus? Come on. <laughs> because you gotta, you got to want healing more than you want anything else. And that woman, she saw the crowd, and everybody else saw the crowd. And there was people that were pressed in. This was a tight crowd. It wasn't like people were just casually following casually no these people were all trying to get close these people were all trying they just became tighter knit tighter knit tighter knit she tried her best to press through the crowd and yet she just bumped into shoulders and it was as if there was a wall surrounding her she couldn't get through it was the walls of Jericho before they fell it was it was not something she could pass through so she thought to herself what's the next best thing I'll get on my knees <laughs> Let me help somebody. There ain't nothing like a good old prayer meeting. Well, I don't know how I'm going to get to him. All you got to do is mention his name. All you got to do is hit your knees and begin to call on the name of the Lord. All you got to do is hit your knees. Can I help somebody? It takes humility to be healed. It takes humility to be delivered. I'm not looking, I'm not trying to look proud. I'm not trying to look like I got it all together. I'll get down on my hands and on my feet and I will crawl. I will crawl. No doubt she probably got down and thought, okay, I got to navigate my way. She got down on her hands and knees and began to crawl. And there's that person. She crawled forward, got stepped on, got knocked down a few notches, probably got a bruise. She put her hand forward. Somebody's foot came down, and she felt the pain in her hand. Switched hands and kept crawling, kept moving. I'll tell you why. She said, this barrier will not stop me. I've got it. I've got a sickness, and he's the healer. I've got a disease, and he's the great physician. I heard about what he can do. And she pushed past legs, and, and every time she tried to reach out and touch his hem, it seemed like he got a little further away, and she'd fall to her. She'd fall down on her face, and she'd keep crawling, and she'd get stepped on again, and then the crowd would push her back, and she was consistently bucking up against this barrier. Anybody ever been there? Come on, you felt like all you were, you're down on your knees. You're down to your, best, your last dollar. You're down to your last prayer, your last chance, your last hope. You're crawling around. You can't even stand on your own two feet because you realize, I've come too far. And finally, she just in the last ditch effort reaches out and grabs a hold of the hem of the garment. And then she gets up and starts sneaking her way back out of the crowd. You preach a whole lot about that. We ain't got time for that. People that just come, get their touch, and walk out without a relationship with God. Let me help somebody. God's not looking to just heal you. God's not looking to just deliver you. He wants to know you. In fact, Jesus said, who touched me? Jesus, everybody touched you. We're all around you. Peter's like, I touched you. Let's get going. There's a 12-year-old sick, hurting. He said, no, there's something that's too important for me to pass up. There's somebody that they touched me. I felt virtue flow. This wasn't just you touching me just because you're close, and it was convenient, and it was easy. But there was somebody. She broke through something in that moment. She reached beyond something at that moment. She pressed through something at that moment. She touched me, and I felt virtue flow, and I felt healing flow. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray.
Come on, somebody, lift up your voice. Come on, I know the barrier is hard. I know what you're coming up against might be difficult, but you can break through that barrier and get to Jesus. I know it looks like it's impossible, but you can bust through it. You can crawl through it. You can pray through it. You can worship through it and get to Jesus. He said, daughter, your face made you whole. Don't you just get your healing and walk out the back door and act like this never happened. No, I want to know you. I want to talk with you. I want to have a relationship with you. I'm going to tell somebody here today, you came to this house and you just needed a touch. But God's saying, I want a relationship. I didn't just come for you to get a little bit. I came to know you. I want to converse with you. In other words, God's saying, let's keep talking. Can I help somebody? You came to church today. This shouldn't be a one-time event. Come on back on Wednesday. Come on back on Sunday. Let's come and have a prayer meeting on Saturday. Let's get a hold of him every day. She reached through, pushed through the crowd, pushed through the impossibility, pushed through everybody that said stop. I'm sure somebody looked down and said, what are you doing? You're foolish. What are you doing? It's a waste of your time. What are you doing? You ought to stop. You ought to quit. You ought to give up now. I want to tell you, people that break barriers, they ignore all the naysayers. They ignore all the hatred. They say, what I'm looking for is more important than what you're telling me. What I'm feeling right now is not as important as the glory which shall be revealed in us. The pain is not worthy to be compared with the healing. The suffering is not worthy to be compared with the glory on the other side. Lift up your hands and worship him. Oh, let's pray. In fact, let's stand all across the building and lift up our hands. Let's pray. Come on, let's pray. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the power of God. You got to press. You got to crawl. Whatever you do, just don't stop. I want you to notice. This had never been attempted before. There is no historical or biblical evidence that Jesus' clothing could heal anyone. There is no precedent that was ever set that if you touch his clothing it would deliver you. If you touch his garments, it will heal you. There is only one verse that this woman probably could go back to, and that verse says that there's healing in his wings. It's not talking about fluttering. It's talking about the flowing of his robes. I don't know if she grabbed onto that one verse and held on to that as her only hope, but it had never been done by anybody else. There was no proof it could ever be done. And yet, she pressed on in faith and did it anyways. And that woman was healed that day. Yeah, you're going to have to break some barriers to be healed. You're going to have to break through some barriers to be delivered. But can I help somebody? There is a deeper purpose to what is going on in this church service here today than maybe many of us realize. You go five chapters later, and you'll find our next text. That they hear 
Jesus has come back from, from touching the wild Managadera. They hear about all that he's done around Galilee and Nazareth and throughout all of Israel. They hear about all of his miracles, but there was one story that got to them. They heard that there was a woman that touched his garment and got healed. There was now a testimony. There was now a story. There was now historical, biblical evidence that it could work. There was now something that would show that it was possible. She broke through the barrier that said, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to happen. It's impossible. And now everybody else said, it's already been done. And they brought all that were sick, all that were diseased. And they said, no, 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 no. We don't need you to lay hands on nobody. No, we don't need you to speak some fancy words over us. We heard of how it can change. We heard of how it can be done. Just let us touch the hem of your garment. And because one person pressed through, entire groups ran and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And everybody that touched was made completely whole. You breaking through some barriers is going to make an opportunity for somebody else. You breaking through the impossibility in your life is going to make an opportunity for somebody else to come and receive the very thing you've received. Well, I want to quit, Pastor. I want to give up. I want to throw in the towel. I'm done. I'm tired. I'm, I'm wore out. I understand. Everybody does. I, I feel like people stepped on me. I, feel, I understand that happens. But it happens to people that are trying to bust through something. Well, the church is getting stepped on. And this is happening. And the devil's doing this. And the world's saying that. It doesn't matter. We're breaking through. Somebody put it this way. If you didn't come from a rich family... That means a rich family's got to come from you. If you didn't come, amen, if you came from an abusive family, that means that a safe and happy family's got to come through you. If you came from an atheist background, that means there's got to be an apostolic home that comes through you. Well, preacher, nobody in my family got the Holy Ghost. That just lets me know you've got to break that barrier. Well, preacher, nobody in my family has been baptized in Jesus' name. You've got to bust through that barrier because your mom needs to be baptized. Oh, somebody worship him. Somebody worship him. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, I feel Jesus. Well, you don't know what I, I'm coming up against. I feel so much depression. I, I feel so much hatred. I've just felt it all my life. You've got to bust through that because there's other people that got to get it too. Let's pray. I'm done preaching. Let's pray. I'm preaching to a bunch of barrier breakers in the house of God. That will not let anything stop them from getting to the will of God. That will not let anything stop them from getting to their healing, from getting to their deliverance. There is no thing, there is no one that will hinder. I will break through. There are people here today, you were abused all your life. 
And there's some things coming up against you. You've been called stupid your whole life. And there's a barrier. This is as far as you could go. Well, no one in my family's ever gone to college. Go to college. Okay, I'll preach that again. No one in my family got educated. Go get your education. No one in my family ever owned a home. Go buy you a home. No one in my family has ever lived beyond depression. Uh, go get you an altar and touch Jesus and let him give you joy unspeakable. I've come to preach to ARC. Why do we face resistance? I'll tell you why. We're trying to break through a barrier. I'm going to tell you, amen, they can have revival in Louisiana. They can have revival in Texas and in California. But we're coming up against something in Nevada that's never been broken. And I'm going to tell you, if no one else does it, I will put my spear in. I will put my plow and I will push and we will break every spirit. Lift up your hands and let's, let's pray. Come on, your response to God matters. Your response to God makes it to where somebody else can get free. Somebody else can get delivered. You're going to break that barrier, and they're going to say it's possible. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? I don't know what I don't know what obstacles you're facing. I don't know what barriers you face. I don't know what kind of life you came from. But you need to hit this altar and say, I will get to Jesus. I will get to my deliverance. I will get to my healing. Come on, let's pray. Well, no one in my family was a preacher. So what? Get you a Bible. Get you a prayer life and make the will of God happen. Will no one in my family ever was use of God? Go ahead, be use of God. Break that barrier. Will no one ever prayed in my house? Get you a prayer life in your house. Break the barrier. Break the barrier. Don't accept defeat. Keep pressing. Come on, somebody pray. Come on, somebody pray. You know why the devil's fighting you? You're breaking through. The devil's fighting you because you're breaking through for your children. You're breaking through for your grandchildren. You're breaking through for your future spouse. You're breaking through for your lineage. You're breaking through for your family. Come on. My kids will never know a drunk father. My kids will never know an abusive parent. I'm telling you, I'm breaking that barrier. I'm breaking that barrier. My kids will never see a divorce. I'm breaking that barrier, and you can too. Come on. Your kids will never see drugs in your home. Your kids will see prayer meetings and holy hands.
if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost today. You know why? Because your family needs the Holy Ghost. Your marriage needs the Holy Ghost. Your kids need the Holy Ghost. is moving in this house. Come on, Maggie, that's it in the name of Jesus. This is for your kids, your grandkids, your family. You're breaking through. It doesn't matter what your mother did, what your father did. You're breaking through for your children. Young ladies be praying. 
God, I got a breakthrough. I got a breakthrough. I got a breakthrough because down the road, I'm going to be married. And down the road, come on, I'm going to have kids. And I got a breakthrough for them. say cry out to God if you got to crawl there crawl there come on whatever you got to do in your spirit get to Jesus and touch him